What do you think of when you hear the words office politics? Is it all about backstabbing, spreading malicious rumours and sucking up to the right people? Well, we're going to try and answer some of these questions and how it affects company culture right after the break. Welcome to the People Switch Podcast, switching you on to the modern world of work. Each week, we explore the latest trends and topics in company culture, employee experience, and how to build a great place to work. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged. Hi, I'm John Mullins, your host on the People Switch Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about office politics and how it affects company culture. So you might want to do yourself a favor and Google office politics. I was actually amazed at what comes up. For most part, dealing with office politics is literally all about advice on how to deal with office politics. Some people call it a game. Some people talk about how to play the game of office politics, how to get ahead, how to use office politics to get ahead. And I find this quite disheartening. I mean, the very nature of office politics to me is undermining your organizational culture. So what do we actually do about that? So in trying to find a definition that I thought would work, I came across this that I thought you know, made most sense to me. That office politics can be defined as the actions and behavior involving competition for status or power in a workplace. That makes quite a lot of sense in terms of why it's happening and maybe why we still allow it. My view of what office politics is, it's the kind of stuff that's happening when culture's not looking. There seems to be this kind of underlying sense that office politics happens in secret. It's when people talk about who the real influencers are or the hidden network. I mean, for goodness sake, why is it hidden? Why do we have to talk about office politics like it's the seedy underbelly of an organization and it's the only way you truly get ahead? Now, I've got a bit of a theory as to why office politics is still around. I mean, you could take the view that it's going to be around forever. There's definitely a lot of evidence out there. Again, go onto Google, search office politics, and you'd really get the sense that people have kind of given up and said, well, it's always going to be there. It's always going to be around an organization, so you might as well live with it. And more importantly, you may need to learn how to deal with it or how to manage it in your favor. So going back to a, a model, a framework that we discussed in a bit of detail previously on one of the episodes uh, called the competing values framework, I think we can learn quite a lot from the different quadrants of the competing values. So you may remember that organizations can be classified into, I guess, what you could say is collaborative, competitive, creative, or controlling by nature. So the, the fundamental, the underlying kind of energy in the organization is either collaborative, competitive, creative, controlling. Now, I don't want to go in and unpack all that detail again, but what I want to say is when we settled on this idea that office politics is going to be around for good and we need to actually work with it, maybe we were talking about it from a perspective of a very competitive-natured organization. So this idea that when you enter a workplace, you have to get ahead, you have to win. And even worse, you have to win at all costs. Now, this is probably one of the key drivers as to why people want to play the game. They want to get ahead, they want to win. And I just think it really contributes to a toxic workplace. If you think the only way you can get ahead is by playing the game, working with the hidden network, trying to understand who the real influencers are, then what you're doing is you're basically not being transparent and you're contributing to this culture that the real things that happen in this organization only happen in secret. Now, that is probably very different to the kind of culture that you want to create, or at least the culture you aspire to. So the real question is, why are we trying to advise people on how to deal with office politics when we should, as leaders, be eradicating this idea of politics in the first place? Organizations are collaborative by nature, people working together to get something done. The minute we throw this idea that getting ahead in your career is about playing the political game, we start to distract people from the real essence of work. Like I said previously, 
you know, maybe office politics is that kind of thing that's happening while culture is not looking. Because we often say that our culture is fantastic, it's positive, it's uplifting, it's collaborative, we, we support teamwork. But if what we're doing is allowing office politics to play out, then what we're actually doing is that we're supporting a culture that is very counter to this teamwork idea. Another point that's related to office politics is I think this idea that managers are not necessarily skilled to deal with the office politics. I was approached recently by an owner of a small startup company. And one of the things he said to me, it, it really stuck with me, was how do I deal with this office politics? I don't do it. I just don't do office politics. So how do I deal with it when I see it happening in front of me? That's quite an interesting question when you think about it. I mean, the positive part of that question is that this person was actually reaching out and saying, look, how do I do this as a manager? You know, what do I, what do I need to do to stop this from happening in the workplace? But the really sad thing is that we don't really teach and coach our managers and leaders how to actually intervene at a people level, or at least not well enough to stop it in its tracks, to stop office politics from happening, to set the groundwork and the, the environment to such an extent that office politics is absolutely not going to be tolerated. I mean, I, I don't know any positive culture statements that include office politics as part of the desired outcome of the behavior of people or what people want to see in the workplace as the norm. So my question is, why is it still happening? Now, I guess it's a bit of my idealistic approach to life and very optimistic view of people that says, you know what, office politics doesn't need to happen because we're all going to get along, we're all going to be collaborative, and everybody's going to work like, for the team, with the team, and we're not going to be in this highly competitive winner-takes-all kind of environment. I know that reality is going to sink in and people are going to say, that's just not how it is, John. There are very competitive environments out there, particularly office workplaces, where that is actually quite supported. People are put up against each other to see who gets ahead. You know what, if that is what you want to do, fine. My view of that is then explain that as being your culture. Don't, don't allow office politics to happen in a way that's not transparent. I mean, by nature, office politics is not a very open activity. It's something that is being defined as behaviors that involve competition for status or power in the workplace, but not in an open way. That's why people call it a game. You have to learn the rules of it but it's certainly not a game that's open to everyone. So again, what I guess I'm saying is, if you want your culture to be competitive, if you want people to be playing up against each other, and you make pretty bold statements about how that's going to happen in the workplace from a culture perspective, fine. Let your office politics play out. But for goodness sake, if you're a manager or a leader, and you are essentially allowing office politics to happen, while you are claiming that your culture is one of collaboration, creativity, inclusion, teamwork, please stop it before it actually spreads any further. So let's look at a few ways how you can possibly handle office politics without offending anyone. So number one, make it absolutely clear as to what culture you're trying to create in the organization. What values are you trying to embed in your teams? And essentially, what behavior is linked to those values that you would like to see teams demonstrating? So if you're favoring transparency, openness, empathy, understanding of people and teamwork and collaboration, you're certainly going to be saying that office politics is not tolerated. The minute you empower people with an understanding of that information around their culture and values, you're basically giving those teams the power to self-regulate so that when they understand or see and acknowledge and, and witness office politics at play, they can call it out. You don't need a manager to be a policeman. You don't need a manager to be a parent. You don't need a manager to be a babysitter. What you can do is you can empower your, your teams to self-regulate and take action on office politics when it happens. So make office politics a cultural objective. Make it an objective where it is very clear 
that it will undermine your culture that you're trying to create. Secondly, all managers, leaders, teams need to develop their emotional intelligence. The emotional intelligence from a competence point of view, from a skills point of view, it is actually something you can learn. So to give you an example, I mean, there's a lot to be said about emotional intelligence or EQ. And some of the fundamental pillars of that are self-awareness, insight, awareness of other people's emotions, and importantly, how to regulate yourself, how to take action on your awareness and your insights, and how to build a better social environment where interpersonal behaviors and relationships are thriving. So you have to spend time teaching people how to manage that. So I would certainly spend some time investing in some training, investing in some coaching for managers on how to deal with interpersonal scenarios or situations. Not all office politics situations end up in conflict, but it's certainly one of the symptoms. And maybe a third point to think about when we talk about trying to eradicate office politics is to also make it clear to people as to how are career paths managed in an organization? What defines success in terms of performance and reward? How will people get ahead? The more transparent you are in sharing that information with people, the more they understand what they need to do. So basically what you're doing is you're neutralizing office politics. There's absolutely no need for it to happen. And yes, maybe I am being idealistic, but I'd rather be positive and optimistic about what we can achieve with culture than simply sit back and say, hey, we all need to play this game. You know what the problem is? It's a dirty game and I don't want to play it. So I wish you all the best out there. If whether you're managing, whether you're in a team, let's try and get rid of office politics. It is going to be the death of your culture. See you next time, folks. Thank you for joining us on the People Switch podcast. Make sure to visit www.peopleswitch.co.za where you will find more on how to build engaging company cultures and experiences to unlock the power of people. Catch up on our previous episodes, subscribe to our feed and follow us on Twitter. People Switch, turning people on, keeping them engaged.